welcome back to another episode of Here for the Crack with me, Emma Neal. I hope you're all doing good. I'll apologize in advance for it being a little bit echoey today. I'm recording in my kitchen for no reason other than the fact that my dogs are in the kitchen and I feel bad abandoning them upstairs when there's no one in my house and just like sitting upstairs for two hours recording my podcast knowing that they're all lonely downstairs, even though it literally doesn't make a difference because they're so lazy and all they do is sleep. Anyway, what do I have to update you guys on? It's actually a Saturday night, well, evening, 7pm on Saturday, very late for me to be recording the podcast, as in late in the week for it to be out on Monday, but I am having a lovely, wholesome, sober weekend. So you know what, I feel like I have all the time in the world. Also, I'm shook at myself for choosing a bank holiday weekend to do it sober, but I'm very happy with my decision. I've spent this weekend, what have I done? Oh my god, I hate when you look back at time and you're like, I actually don't know what I did with it. It makes me feel like I do nothing with my life. Oh yes, yesterday, Friday night I went to Pilates actually. Here's a life hack for you. If you want a weekend of no drinking, you give in to temptation too easy. I actually don't give in to temptation easy at all. Like once I've made the decision, I'm pretty happy with that decision. But I do know a lot of people that just like find it really hard to say no. And the second someone suggests a pint, it's like, okay. (laughs) So if you are that kind of way inclined, life hack is to just book yourself into a shitload of classes for the weekend because then you're not going to miss them. And then you don't want to be hungover for them. So like do a Friday night one, do a Saturday morning one, do a Sunday morning one. That means you're not going to go out any of those nights. So yeah, that's literally what I've been doing this weekend. Just lots of classes, lots of going out for food, walking my doggies because my parents are actually away at the minute. So me and my brother are taking on dog walking duties. Not that I never walk them, but like uh, I try, I, this is so bad to say, I actually don't like walking my dogs because they're very, very badly trained on the lead. It makes the experience kind of hellish sometimes, although I don't mind taking one of them out. Like I would go on walks probably five days a week. I tend to go on them after my dinner, especially if it's, well, only if it's dry outside. I always like a little post-dinner walk. Yeah, I'll usually just take one dog because the two of them together is, well, I can't control them. And I think that's quite dangerous to not be able to control your dogs like if something was to happen. So yeah, I don't have the strength to control both of them and they're both actually crazy which is so weird because they're really really well behaved in the house like they're really beautiful calm loving house dogs that snuggle up to you on the sofa that show lots of love and affection that are really good boys all the time and then you leave the house and they literally become devils my mum and dad tend to walk them. They're actually pretty well behaved, I think, with my mum because she's like, they're, they're obsessed with her, basically. She feeds them, she walks them the most and she works from home, so I guess she maybe spends the most amount of time with them as well. But yeah, they're like obsessed with her and I think they're just a lot better behaved for her in comparison to everyone else. How do we get on to the... Oh yeah, I said I've been doing a lot of dog walking this week. I actually have to walk them after this podcast. Anyway, what else has been going on in my life that's a fraction more exciting than walking dogs? Jesus Christ. This morning I went to yoga class with my friend Aoife and then we walked into town after, well, the yoga class is in town, but we walked around town after. Let me just say the shopping in Belfast is diabolical and what has made me, well, I always knew this, but 
it really makes you realize how bad it is when you go to other cities of a similar size. Like, it's not fair to compare Belfast shopping to London shopping. We're nowhere near on the same scale as London size-wise. So it's just never, ever going to match that. But, you know, let's take uh, a city such as Leeds, where I actually went for the day on Tuesday. I was filming something for a brand on Tuesday. And for it, I went to Leeds and got to it was a gorgeous day I <laughs> I got to go around eating at all my favorite places and shopping going to see all my favorite things in Leeds so absolutely stunning day the fact that that was to do with brand is just insane but yeah sorry obviously then I was doing a bit of shopping in Leeds and then came home went into town today and I was like oh my god this is horrific and Leeds is very similar in size to Belfast so you know we've we've got work to do Belfast yeah, weird, because I actually thought I would never be back in Leeds. I kind of thought when I was there for my graduation, this is it. Like, I have no reason really to come back here unless I go visit anyone. But yeah, can't really see that happening. And then got to go there with a the brand and got to basically do everything I love doing in Leeds, which is great. Literally for one night, I was home within probably about 30 hours of leaving. I know I never delve into pop culture. I feel like that's just not really what this podcast is about. I listen to a lot of podcasts that cover those types of things. But can we just take a minute to appreciate the fact that Maya Jama and Stormzy are potentially back together? I mean, I know nothing's confirmed, but I feel like they kind of soft launched it because she posted a story and it was like the same poll and view as what he posted in his TikTok. And I've never been happier. I honestly feel like this has made my year, which I know sounds really dramatic, but I, the since the day they broke up, I've been waiting on them getting back together, and I swear that was, what, a good four, five, maybe more years ago. I just, I shipped them so hard. If there's one fan of my Jamma and Stormzy, it's me. Hands down, it's me. Anyway, we'll move on from that little pop culture segment. <laughs> what about a book update? Should I do a weekly book? Maybe that would keep me motivated to keep on reading. Anyway, this week's book update, I finished In Order to Live, the story about the girl's escape from, well, about her childhood and then eventual escape from North Korea. Insane book. Loved it. Couldn't recommend it more. It's obviously a memoir, but the way it's written doesn't feel like, like it kind of feels like you're reading a novel. Sometimes it feels like a memoir. I don't know. Anyway, it's very good. Also, I kind of like that it's a little bit informative or like educational in a sense. You know, you're learning about life in North Korea. I quite like that. But it's not in a way where you're reading a history book because I could not read a history book. I'll tell you that right now. Anyway, I've moved on now to a book called Conversations on Love. Did I mention this the last time? Oh, I mentioned the three new books I got and it was one of them. Yeah, and Paul Meskell had recommended it in a podcast and actually a few other, a few of my friends I think had recommended it as well. Loving it so far. I'm only 20 pages in, but I'm really enjoying it. And actually, so I've been meaning to record this podcast for the last two days and I was kind of getting annoyed at myself. Like, I'm a stop procrastinating, like get your shit together, sit down and record this podcast. And then last night I was reading Conversations on Love in bed and I happened to read a lot of parts that were relevant to what I'm going to be talking about today and I just thought you know what everything happens for a reason I wasn't meant to record this podcast until Saturday after I'd read that part in the book so I'm glad it's kind of relevant to what I'm going to speak about but also it's just nice it's a different it's not your stereotypical kind of 
non-fiction book it's a little bit of a memoir a little bit of like an interview almost with different people I don't really know how to describe it but I just think it's nice to get all these kind of different analogies of love and of heartbreak and of attachment and I I think it's going to go delve into a lot of kind of different subtopics within love if that makes sense and also everyone's just obsessed with love aren't they so like I don't know I feel like you could talk about anything that's relevant to love and it would probably interest me I'm such a little lover girl I will say actually on that note I am very much in my lover girl era to the point that I actually maybe think I have attachment issues oh that's a whole other topic isn't it Jesus Christ okay no I actually retract that statement because I don't have attachment issues but I think this is a common thing felt amongst people because I was talking about it with my friend today okay it's very normal when you spend a lot of time with someone and then the next day after you're like oh what now and you kind of feel like you're in a bit of a pit but then after that one day then you're fine you're back to your normal self you're in your independent bad bitch mode so I don't know is it normal to have that like one day after every single time or not after every single time seeing someone but like after maybe spending a weekend with them I think it is kind of normal it's a bit of a crash you know you're on a high and then you crash and then it just takes a minute to get in the swing of things anyway that's gonna be a whole other podcast I reckon you know what let me know in the Spotify comment thing where it says what did you think of this episode let me know if you relate to that or if I'm insane (laughs) oh also sorry one last thing before I move on to my recommendation of the week when I was in town today shopping you'll never guess what I bought basically never listen to a word I ever say because I bought ballet pumps today like I bought little pumps from House of Fraser they're square toe and they're really cute and they have little bows and I actually I really like them I thought I was gonna put them on and I was gonna like them but then I wasn't gonna like the look of my legs in them and then I took my flares off because I had flares on then I had little like shorts on underneath from yoga I took my flares off so I could see what my legs looked like and I was like wait a second I've been saying these are gonna look shit on me for the last six months and they actually look good so I'm excited to style them I've actually decided as well because I'm going on holiday next week and then I'm also going on holiday at the end of September right and I have never in my life done a holiday that's been like I've never packed in a way that I've like planned outfits like I am not that fashion girly that plans all their outfits and all that jazz like I'm very much a wing everything into a suitcase just like all your comfies your denim shorts every top under the sun your Birkenstocks and call it a day a few like flowy dresses you can chuck on over your bikinis that type of stuff I've never really been a okay right this outfit for this restaurant with these heels with this bag like fully styling it and I've just decided I'm gonna do that for these two holidays and look I don't think it's necessary to do this for any holiday And also up until this point, I've never had a holiday I've actually even wanted to do this for because a lot of the holidays I go on, I'd be moving around a lot. Like for example, the one to Greece where I was island hopping, moving around loads. And then maybe like when I was traveling in Asia, when you're proper like backpacking, you're just wearing comfy clothes. Like everything's just, you know, chucked in there, all your comfies. 
so I've never had a holiday that's been like date night and beach club day and this and that where I've wanted to do this for but this is the first time I'm gonna have that and I'm actually low-key really excited to get planning the fits are gonna go off I also have new luggage which is absolutely stunning if I do say so myself because to be honest before before my trip to Greece I don't think I've ever paid for a suitcase on a holiday I've always just gone hand luggage but now that you actually have to pay even just to have hand luggage I'm like fuck it I may as well just have a big suitcase as well I think I kind of low-key used to pride myself in being like a low maintenance holiday girly that just brought like a few dresses and a few bikinis and a few pairs of shorts and one t-shirt and a few camis and now I'm like fuck that I want to be high maintenance as fuck I want to be the person that someone looks at my suitcase and thinks oh she's got her shit together I'm quite jealous of that (laughs) but not for every holiday just for these ones coming up sometimes it's nice to be low maintenance too like there's a time and a place for both recommendation of this week has to be celebs go dating there's a new season of it out I've actually always been a bit of a celebs go dating fan not in a sense where I'd sit down and watch it on the tv but like I would always watch those youtube clips and the odd time if there was if I noticed it was on I would watch it however when I saw that Chloe Burrows was gonna be in this new season I was like I have to properly watch this from the start to the end I've only watched one episode so far I'm gonna watch another one tonight but you know when you can just tell from one episode it's gonna be so good I absolutely loved it she was so drunk as well in the first episode it was hilarious and also the casting is really good so they've got Chloe Burrows, Lottie Moss, Adam Collard, what's the TikToker guy called I can't remember his name there's like an older lady who would be on tv She'd be like a daytime TV person. I can't remember her name. Sorry, I'm really not remembering anyone's names here. But yeah, the cast is amazing. I can tell it's going to pop off. I'm just such a sucker for a good mind-numbing reality TV program. Guys, I'm going to skip words of the week and pit and peak of this week because I've literally talked way too much about myself already in this intro. So let's move on to this week's podcast topic. I'm going to be talking a little bit about setting the standard. I feel like this kind of follows on from when I spoke about non-negotiables because when you write a list of your non-negotiables that is kind of like a standard that you're making I guess in a list form but I thought we could delve a little bit deeper into like setting the standard and talk about maybe why we have low standards or why we'll settle for less and why when someone doesn't meet our standard we might stick around and how we can make sure that we have the standard and that we stick to it. And I kind of want to get into the whole like creating a life that is the standard so that, you know, if someone else wants to come into that, they need to raise that. I want to talk a little bit about first why we maybe have low standards in the first place. Hopefully not throughout your whole life you'll have low standards. You've got to raise the bar at some stage. But I feel like, you know, everyone at some stage in their life has definitely had low standards. And that can be as a result of loads of different things. I think maybe the reason for a lot of them... Well, I think with a lot of people's first relationships, it's kind of like hard to know what your standards are. You're kind of learning yourself what you expect in relationships and what you expect from people and people that you love not even just from your partner, but also like your friendships. You're kind of just navigating life. And then you are supposed to learn from that. (laughs) 
and take that forward with you. But I think what happens a lot of the time throughout different relationships is that often you can be a bit blindsided by someone and have the whole like honeymoon stage and think they're literally the most perfect person in the entire world. And then that all comes crashing down and you realize they actually don't meet your standards, but you're in too deep and you're already in love with them. And then you're like, oh fuck, what do I do now? I feel like that's when it becomes a constant battle of you're not meeting my needs. Well, I don't want to change and I don't, you know, that's not who I am if I was to do that to meet your needs. And then you're like, well, that doesn't make me happy. Settle in between, but the in between doesn't make either people happy. Do you know what I mean? Another reason why I feel like we couldn't often have low standards is due to not valuing ourselves enough. I don't really believe in the whole, you can't love someone else if you don't love yourself. I get the premise of it. I don't think it's fully accurate. But what I do think you need in a relationship is value in yourself and self-worth so that you know when the line has been crossed and you know when that situation is not right for you anymore and when the respect is gone and they don't deserve you. To be fair, there's probably a lot more to this. I think often you can like replicate the love that you have kind of witnessed in your life. So maybe if your parents had quite an unhealthy relationship or other people that are close to you, maybe you're like mimicking unhealthy patterns and or settling for things that don't necessarily make you happy, but you've seen other people in your life settle for them. So you kind of think that is the standard anyway. And these are all reasons why I really stand by making a non-negotiables list because it's all well and good talking about this standard that someone must meet. What the fuck is that? Like, that's just a word. What does that consist of? What are the specifics? Why do we stay when we know that that standard isn't being met? Again, probably all guilty of this at some stage in our lives. I reckon a lot of the time when you're in a relationship, the prospect of not being in that relationship can be quite scary. So I think a lot of it can be down to fear. Fear of being alone or like not necessarily of being alone I think people experience this that that are okay being on their own and that enjoy spending time by themselves but they still have that fear and it's like this attachment to the relationship and almost a fear of not having that that person that go-to that comfort the companionship and maybe everything else that they bring like you can still love someone maybe you don't even love them at this point but you can still love someone and you can still they can still be a good person. In fact, they can still be a great person, but that doesn't mean that they're a great person for you and a great match for you if you're constantly gonna be, you know, insecure because your standards aren't being met or just like generally not happy because the standard isn't being met. And ultimately, you don't deserve to feel like that. I think maybe also you can stay because you might think, oh but I love this person and like I get on with them and like yes this part isn't good but what if I don't find that from anyone else like yeah I recognize that they're not meeting the standard in this way and that's not making me happy but who's to say I'm gonna find someone else that is maybe that's also just a little bit of fear yeah that's kind of just like fear no one else is gonna meet the standard but there's literally always gonna be someone multiple people actually I believe 
that would go above and beyond actually meanwhile you're wasting your time over someone that doesn't even give you the bare minimum do you see how fucked up that is <laughs> but yeah I don't really believe in the whole like soulmates thing I think there's probably multiple people in the world that you could potentially be well suited to that doesn't mean you're going to meet all of those people and that you know you should try and somehow meet and experience life with all those people no but I just I don't think you know if say you who you think is your soulmate maybe dies or breaks up with you or something happens to the relationship I don't think that then means that you're not going to go on to find a love that's just as if not more fulfilling it's just a case of meeting them really that's the hard part you gotta put yourself out there don't you you're not gonna find a love of your life sitting in your bedroom another reason why we stay when we know the standard's not being met is because you kind of hold on to this belief that they could change you think about their potential and you maybe romanticize that potential a bit and you think you know if they just did this and they just changed that and just tweaked this and none it's not then maybe we could be good or maybe we could be better or I don't know and you want to believe that in an ideal world this would work you cannot change a person point blank there are things that people can work on and change themselves if they want to keyword if they want to not if you want them to (laughs) they have to want to do that and they should want to do that as well for themselves as opposed to for you I mean obviously you play into that like them changing that for themselves then has a knock-on effect on you which as someone that they love should be important okay I feel like I always use this as an example but let's use like the communication thing as an example because I feel like that's always a thing that we talk about and we go back to and it just like seems to be a recurring problem especially with like relationships in their 20s let's say you need better communication from someone but they might not see that as an issue so they're not necessarily going to want to change that so you can never expect that to change just because you want to do because if they don't even see it as an issue in the first place and they don't know what they have to work on and how they're supposed to communicate then it's really difficult to see how that would ever change. However, let's flip that. If you have like said that, you know, this is a real issue for you and they have thought, oh fuck, I'm going to lose this person. I really, that's the last thing I want. I really need to work at this. And you know what? They're right. My communication skills are terrible and it's affecting my relationships with my family and my relationships with my friends. And it'd be so much better if I had the capacity to open up more and, you know, maybe I should go to therapy or maybe I should start opening up in ways with my friends and my family like I haven't done before. And if that is sparked in their head and they go away and they work on that for themselves and then are able to take that back and as a result better the relationship, yeah, by all means, I believe in change. How often does that actually happen? Mm, Not that often, I would argue. Another key point in this of, you know, holding on to someone's potential holding on to this belief that they could change at some point it's really important to remember yes things (laughs) things can change whereby 
there are little things that can be worked on in the relationship. You know, skills that can be worked on as a human being. I would say communication is one of them. I feel like my communication has definitely got better since I was 18. There's a lot of things you can get better at if you want to get better at. However, what you cannot change is who someone is at their core, like personality traits, things that you can't teach and you can't work on. You just are a certain way or you're not. For example, let's say you want someone who is really romantic, you know, you love a soppy romantic, you want them to write you love letters, you want them to buy you flowers, you just, yeah, you want the soppiness, you want the romance and this person is like the least romantic person ever. You can say that that's what you want and they can maybe learn to do things like when they're doing their shopping, get you a bunch of flowers or make more of an effort to like write a nice message in your birthday cards or something like that. However, you can't make them be a romantic person. That's just not who they are as a person. And I think there's actually quite a lot of traits like that that you cannot teach. That doesn't mean there aren't little things within that that can maybe be learned and worked on. Like maybe if you wanted someone that's like really considerate and always thinking of you and like always putting you first and you know they will never come home without thinking of like what you want for dinner or they'd never go to the shop without coming home with like your favorite chocolate bar or they would never forget I this is so extreme I feel like does anyone actually do this they'd never forget when your period's gonna be so that they always make sure they've got like painkillers and stuff maybe that's what you like and something like that you cannot teach to someone you can say that that's what you want and they can maybe be a little bit more conscious of it but like at the end of the day if they're not that considerate as a person those things are going to be hard to like drill into someone I feel like you can be these ways inclined or you're not it's like trying to teach kindness to someone who's just like inherently horrible like yeah they might be able to pick up little things and like acts of kindness that they can do to try and make themselves seem like they're being kind but then at the end of the day they're just not a kind person and I think holding on to this idea of like this person's potential and that the fact that they maybe could change it actually is a bit damaging to the other person too because from experience what it makes the other person feel is just completely worthless and like they're never gonna be enough because you're always demanding more of them and what they do isn't enough for you also the fact that they know that you're wanting to change them in itself is a bit rough do you know what I mean I don't want to be with someone that wants to change me I want someone to love me for me and to love every part of me and yeah there might be like little things they want me to work on for the sake of our relationship and maybe little things that like they find are a bit unhealthy or a bit toxic that could definitely be nipped in the bud you know little things like that where I'd be like fully 100% understanding but I don't want them to want to change my personality to want to change traits of mine and to want to be a different person and ultimately you shouldn't want that for your partner either and that's why holding on to someone's potential is really damaging and you should see these 
warning sign from the start and not let it get any further like you should see that someone's not meeting your standard and that should just be it that is the cutoff point that speaks for itself and that way you won't get stuck in that cycle of when you already love someone then it just is this constant battle of wanting change for the sake of the relationship okay so why is it actually important for you for yourself and for the relationship to leave when the standard isn't being met I think for your own self-respect it's important to know that like you can walk away from a situation that doesn't serve you the way it should just to literally prove to yourself that you have that strength in you and you have the ability to walk away from situations that you can quite clearly see aren't making you happy. I think that's really important and it's a good skill to have because you don't want to go through your whole life letting people walk all over you and letting people just outright disrespect you and just, yeah, letting it happen. Like that's just disrespecting yourself. So I think for your own sake, being able to walk away from these situations is really important. Also, I think once you can recognize it once, right, but you let it happen recurringly and you get stuck in that cycle, you start to like not back yourself. And when you stop backing yourself and stop having that self-confidence, you're making way for a whole load of other problems and a whole load of like problems to come up when it comes to being insecure within relationships because you kind of like you don't trust yourself anymore you feel like you can't keep a promise with yourself like if you can't keep a promise with yourself who can you keep a promise to and then that also starts the whole thing whereby like the other person no longer believes you when you say all these things as well maybe at the start you gave them an ultimatum not that I think ultimatums are the best way to go about things (laughs) But let's say you gave them an ultimatum. You said, look, this, is, this isn't this is being met. If this doesn't start happening, we're done. But then that doesn't happen. And maybe you say it again. And again, it doesn't happen. And yet you're still with the person. Like they don't believe you anymore. You're just like giving them empty threats. And everything you're saying in terms of like, I won't stand for this. I won't stand for that. Like this is what I need. Just become so empty because quite clearly you are sticking around for that and they are getting away with it. So they actually just don't believe you and don't respect your boundaries at all anymore. And I think if you can go to sleep at night, and look, I know some of this is like easier said than done a lot of the time. And fear of the unknown will always, always play into things like these. But if at the end of the day, you can go to bed and you can sleep at night with peace of mind, knowing that you walked away from a situation because you know that you deserve better and you're willing to put yourself first, imagine how much of a boss you will feel. Like literally imagine that feeling right now. I look back at myself at times when I was putting up with things I shouldn't have and like crying myself to sleep and just like being really unhappy with the way I was being treated and just like how insecure it was making me feel within the relationship. And I feel so bad for myself that I couldn't or not couldn't but that I didn't step away from it and you know decided that I was gonna put myself first way before it ended up happening and not in a way where I'm like ashamed about it if anything I look back at that person and I I feel bad for them but you know 
I'm going to treat them now with so much more compassion and like moving forward. I know that I will never be in that situation again. Um, so never feel like, never feel guilt. Well, I do feel a bit guilty, but not like in an ashamed way. I'm not shameful of that. I'm just like, I feel bad that I didn't treat myself with a bit more respect, basically. Because I imagine now what I'm saying of this feeling of like, going to bed at night with peace of mind knowing that you put yourself first and I imagine that like inner peace that that would bring and I just think imagine I could have experienced that maybe like six months prior to when I did experience that but anyway everything happens for a reason don't know why I'm getting too deep into my situation okay (laughs) where were we so let's talk a little bit about what is actually real a realistic standard for you to have and what is you just like romanticizing things and what is like completely unrealistic because sometimes it is kind of hard to know and this will vary from person to person because I know sometimes I say things to my mum that you know I would like from someone I feel like I always have to correct myself when I say stuff like that because I actually have a boyfriend now that literally does everything and more but (laughs) so when I say that I mean like when I would speak to my mum before I had that but yeah so I would speak to my mum about these things and she would be like you're insane like you're actually insane if you think you're gonna get that you're crazy but yet to me they felt like very realistic standards like yeah there was maybe the odd one where I'd be like okay yeah you're in fairy tale land but for the majority I'd say I wasn't really being that unrealistic and I think maybe that also is a generational thing and you have to remember like so my parents say like they're basing what their standards were maybe a little bit off like what their parents were so my grandparents and that's a whole other generation like that's ages ago and life was so different then and like a woman's and a man's role in society was so different then too so I think these are just like always changing and I think you know there'll not be any two people that have the exact same set of standards and that's fine I think a good rule for this I saw this somewhere recently is that if it's not a standard you would be willing to keep or to meet And whether that is for that person or whether it's for yourself, what I mean by that is if you wouldn't be willing to meet it in terms of you wouldn't be willing to reciprocate it for the other person, there might be a bit of an issue there. Like maybe you need to reevaluate why that is. But also I think the more important kind of perspective on this is would would you be willing to keep that standard for yourself? As in... Let's pretend the partner is out of the picture, but yet you still have these standards, right? Let's say you've got this list, but you've got no partner in sight. Do you already keep those things as a... Sorry, this is so hard to explain. (laughs) Do you keep those standards already for yourself? So like if you're looking for someone that's emotionally intelligent are you an emotionally intelligent person? Is that a standard you have for yourself, let alone to then bring to a partner? Do you know what I mean? If you, if a non-negotiable for you is that you want someone to be adventurous and like plan holidays and want to go traveling, 
do you already do that? Because you can't just expect someone to come along and to be all these things and to then that make you be like that as well. Do you know what I mean? Like you already have to meet that standard for yourself. I literally hear people all the time saying things like, when I have my own house, I'll be good at cleaning it then. Or when I have a family, I'll be a really good cook then. Or when I have a girlfriend, I will be really active and adventurous then. But like, what the fuck are you waiting for? Like, why are you waiting to have these things to be that way? If that's a person, if those are traits you aspire to be and aspire to have, why are you waiting for the these things, these circumstances to come along in your life to meet that standard? You should want to meet that standard for yourself as a person so you can be that person fully formed to then bring into other relationships. And not even for the purpose of bringing into other relationships, like that should just be a plus side. The fact that you just are doing that for yourself is the main goal in this. Like, why do you want to wait till you have a family until you can cook? Do you not think it'd be a really good skill to have to be able to cook for yourself now and to be able to enjoy delicious meals and to be able to have this hobby that you're really into and to maybe cook for your family and to cook for your friends and have dinner parties. You should want to do these things so that that becomes you as a person as opposed to you doing these things out of like feeling like you have to do those things for other people. So ultimately you want to be the standard that you want. You want to set, you want to set up your life in a way where your standards are high because the way you live your life is the exact way you want it to be. So if someone's not going to meet that, they don't deserve to be in your space. If someone's not going to meet that and also raise it, why should they be in your life? What benefit are they bringing to you apart from emotional turbulence and putting you out of pocket? Like, what's the fun in that? I'd rather just enjoy my life on my own if that's what you're going to bring to the table. So instead of waiting for a partner to be in the picture, build the life that you want minus the partner. And then if you are lucky enough to meet someone that swoops you off your feet and meets that standard, then amazing. They can be welcomed into your life with open arms and you can enjoy that together and the fact that you've built your life to where you want it to be and how you know, you want someone to slot into it and that's amazing. But if they don't, you can recognize that and you can see that they're not adding anything to that and you have the ability to therefore walk away from that because you value yourself enough and you value the life that you've built without them where you can see that you don't need them. And that's why I think it's so important in your 20s, whether you're in a relationship or not, I think it's important to work on these things regardless of whether you're single or in a relationship, is to work on, like, this is your time to explore different hobbies, to find different passions in things, and maybe take big career switches all the time, because you can, because you're young, and because you probably don't have anyone relying on you in that way, and therefore, this literally is the time of just, like, It sounds selfish, but it's the time that is literally devoted to you finding what makes you happy, which is actually, you know what, I was listening to a podcast the other day and they made a really good point about how this is probably like the first generation where that 
is a thing, which is quite baffling to think. Where we live now in a world, actually, sorry, not a world, but in this country anyway, we are living in a time where the most important thing is that you do what you do in order to find what makes you happy and what will fulfill you at the end of the day. You know, you go back to when our grandparents were young, let's say, there was none of that talk. I mean, I don't think there was. I can't imagine there being talk of like doing what makes you happy. I feel like you did what you did to get by and to put food on the table and that was your life. And now we're at a stage where the options are kind of endless, which on one hand can be really intimidating and can kind of put you in a bit of a, what's the word? You get a bit frozen, a bit stuck, overwhelmed with the options, how many things you could possibly do and whether you actually want to do any of them. It can all feel a bit much sometimes, but it's a privilege in itself to be able to say that those options are there for you to take. And I think exploring those in your 20s is so important. So you can, you know, build this life eventually that does fulfill you in certain ways. And I do always get worried when I talk about this topic that it'll come off in a way whereby people interpret it as me preaching that for you to be happy, you need to like love your job. I'm always really scared that people are going to think that and be like, yeah, shut the fuck up, Miss Podcaster. <laughs> Who are you to talk? Um, that's not what I'm saying whatsoever. And actually, I think I did a whole episode talking about this. Wait, what was it called? Something to do with purpose. I'll try and link it in the bio. I actually really liked that episode. I was talking about like success and purpose and um finding purpose in like little things that you do and not making your career or your job be the kind of be all and end all and ultimately being able to like detach from that and understand that sometimes that is just a way of like being able to fund doing your hobbies and your passions and things sorry I've really deviated from what I was talking about but I always just feel like I need to say that when I'm talking about like getting fulfillment in your life I always get really scared that people are going to interpret it in that way because that's literally not what I mean at all and I think there's so many ways you can be fulfilled in life like through your relationships and your friendships and family and through your hobbies and your passions and yes maybe in your career or and your jobs or maybe it's more just like when you go on holidays and maybe it's literally just the hour you get to yourself cooking in the kitchen I don't know like literally for everyone that's going to be different and I feel like I always kind of need to throw that in there so that people aren't like, ah, I hate my job. Oh my God, I need to quit my job and find something I love. Because that's not always the case. Right, how did we get here? Let's backtrack a little bit. So yeah, <laughs> it's important anyway, at this age, to be building on those things. Like working out what you enjoy and trying out different sports and different hobbies and different pastimes. Like there's no shame in having all those little random things that you picked up one summer and just left. Like I am, I am that bitch. I have got like an embroidery kit. I've got crocheting. I've got painting stuff. Like I've got so many little random hobbies I've decided to pick up and then literally dropped within the space of a month. Maybe became a bit hyper fixated on it for a couple of weeks and then just like completely forgot it was even a thing. And I'll just find it at the bottom of my bed literally two years later. And I'm like, oh yeah, I remember that. That's not something to be ashamed of. Like 
this is literally the time to try those things because who knows, maybe you'll actually make a career of those things. Not that you have to monetize in all of your hobbies. That is a toxic mindset as well. <laughs> Why do I have to like explain, over explain absolutely everything I say? It could literally just end up being a hobby that brings you so much fulfillment outside of work and outside of your relationships. And that in itself is so important. So yeah, building on all these things so that you then build this life where you do have high standards because you're happy without someone else coming into that. So for someone to come into the equation, they're going to need to really raise the bar. Otherwise, they just don't deserve to be a part of it. Right. And you always have to remember when you're romanticizing the idea of someone and you're in the honeymoon stage and, you know, you're ignoring little red flags and you can kind of see that there's some problems, but they're not really a problem right now because you're just, you know, floating and everything's fun and airy fairy and absolutely nothing can pop your little love bubble. I think it's really important to have one, have at least one foot in reality. Like, yeah, let yourself experience that, but also have one foot a little bit in reality so you can maybe almost observe yourself as a, as if you're an outsider looking in on yourself being in this little bubble. Like, look at it and be like, okay, yeah, that's fun and that's all good, but like, reality check over here, hello. Let's clue into the real world. Let's see what the red flags and the problems are. Because the thing is, right, problems will only become bigger and bigger down the line. People always say this and it is so, so true. Red flags at the start or like problems at the start that you saw will be the reasons you eventually break up. So you always saw them at the start, yet you still continued with that and ultimately they were the reasons for the demise of the relationship wait who was I with the other day and they said demise the demise is that how you say it I've always thought it's the demise wait I'm freaking out now I'm gonna look up how you say it demise oh my god demise no help why have I been saying that wrong my whole life okay mortified for myself anyway yeah, ultimately that was the reason for the demise of the relationship. Yet you could have literally been like, okay, this person's not meeting my standards. This is a red flag. This is going to be a problem. I'm going to choose to put myself first in this situation and take a step back because I can recognize that this person isn't meeting my standards and therefore they don't deserve me. Like moving forward, that's why I would like to think that I would be. And that's how I encourage all of you to be. I feel like a lot less problems and drama would occur if we could all kind of treat ourselves at that same level of respect. But yeah, ultimately a problem is only going to snowball in a relationship. And you bet when you get married, that'll multiply by a bazillion. You have kids, it'll multiply by even more than that. A bazillion squared. Okay, I'm going to leave it there. Moral of the story is, have high standards, girlies. Don't think you're being unrealistic. Recognize when someone isn't meeting those standards and have the capacity to walk away from that. Easier said than done. Okay, love you all.
give me a five star review on Apple Podcasts or Spotify, wherever you listen to your podcasts. Let me know if there's anything you want me to talk about in the coming weeks. Leave a little comment in Spotify where it says, what did you think of this episode? Share with your friends, your family, share it on your Instagram story. Spread the here for the correct word. Spread the love. Love you guys so much. I'll speak to you in next week's episode. Bye.